From News Chopper 11, hovering just outside the Crab Nebula, it's Nerd News from Asteroid G. You're listening to Not So Live from Asteroid G. I'm Mike Finkelstein. With me, as always, is... Josh Schaefer. And... Queen Bee. As well as... Sprockets? Bex? I don't know what I'm going by. Pick a name. Pick a... Fine, fucking Sprockets. (laughs) Okay. 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 We are talking today about nerd news our our monthly podcast where we go over the news of the day and try and find a nerdy twist to it of course we've been dealing with the coronavirus for the last like three months of this so there hasn't been anywhere near as much nerd talk as we would like there has been however been a whole crap ton of actual world news to talk about and i kind of feel like we need to start with that before we can get on towards anything nerdy what little there may be just because of how much has been exploding in the world. The last two months we've been dealing with the coronavirus, and then this month, uh, I think the coronavirus got dominated out of the news by all the protests that we've been having. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) So, George Floyd was an African-American gentleman who was killed by the police. And I really don't think we can put it any other way if you watch the video. They pinned him to the ground and leaned on his neck and suffocated him for nine minutes, and he died. Um, So that touched off a whole bunch of protests, not just in, what was it, Minneapolis, where that originally happened, but everywhere else around the world. Not just the country, but the world. Um, I mean, here in Indianapolis, we had a good two weeks of protests so far, and it's starting to taper off here, which I don't think it really needs to taper off. I think it should keep going for a while, but... Yeah, we've had a lot of protests for quite a while at this point. So, guys, thoughts? Well, I'll I'll, I'll pine in here. Um, so, George Floyd, um, I believe he was a bouncer at a bar. Here's the conspiracy theory that Derek Chauvin, who is the officer who actually put his knee on the neck of Mr. Floyd and killed him, was also a bouncer at that bar previously and they had a few run-ins at this bar so there's a conspiracy theory that this was actually a chance for mr chauvin to inflict harm upon mr floyd putting it out there sounds a little bit conspiracy theory to me but um he just happens to be a cop mr chauvin and he just happened to also work at this bar and just happened to kill a you know a, a former coworker, that seems a little too convenient. Yeah, and I mean, I guess at the end of the day, I, does it does it matter whether they knew each other or not? Like, no, that the end result was atrocious and it shows rough. motive. <laughs> yeah, there's it's so that. specific motive, but it still feels racially motivated, considering all of the other incidents that we've had, not just over the last like few months, but years and years and years. So I can fully understand why people have come out into the streets and are protesting at this point. When the government seems to be doing nothing to assist your group, you need to do something to get their attention. And I don't think there's any argument that the protests certainly got people's attention. Yeah, no, it it definitely sparked a hot flame across the nation with regards to this situation. And, you know, now Black Lives Matter is now at the forefront. Good. Um, I don't know if anybody read the, um, I don't know if anybody knows, uh, but Black Lives Matter is an actual, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Organization? Organization. Thank you, organization. It is an actual organization, whereas All Lives Matter and Blue Lives Matter are just Just people being stupid, yeah. Right, they just, they aren't actual, um, organizations Thanks. Black yeah, is um, yeah. I read their mission I went and read their mission I looked up more information about them and I wanted to know 
uh, what was their purpose? I mean, other than just getting it out there, did they actually have a purpose? Um, and they are. Their mission clearly states that they are there to bring this situation, this um, thing that's happening to the forefront. And it's been going on for about four years. They, they launched mm -hmm. this back in uh, 2015. So it, it's been going on four to five years now. And um, I, I fully believe that they have a purpose in this world. And I do hope that they do spark change. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, like, I, I agree. I'm, I mean, personally, I, well, okay, Here, here's the thing, when the protests and, and the riots broke out in Indianapolis, I was following all the things on Twitter and such, and the Black Lives Matter chapter in Indianapolis, um, there was at one point dur during the Sunday one, the first night of peace, um, where they posted a thing about how the police was just doing it for show and that they were um, like tear gassing and shooting rubber bullets at like people just a few blocks away and it was all a diversion from the media and I'm like what and yeah no they actually had to walk back that statement um, but I was put off by their jumping on misinformation like that which I, I don't know that that put me off but I mean 100% like black lives matter and I get really pissy when people are like well all lives matter well no shit but it's like okay with the rainforest you don't say all forests are important because they obviously are um save the rainforest well yes Everyone's on board with that, but all of a sudden, when you attach it to black lives, then people get all defensive and pissy about it. Can we agree that social media and media in general really is the, the starting point for fanning flames of any kind whatsoever throughout the nation and the world? I mean, yeah, yes and no, kind of. I mean, I, I have yet to see anything that would actually calm any kind of um, outburst of aggression with regards to anything. All the media does is just fan the flames, make it worse. Um, it, 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 you watch any news station, you watch any social media page, you watch any online or on TV. Pretty much every social media, every media outlet out there is just makes it worse. They, they give you misleading information. They give you uh, story after story of this happened, that happened. So if you look and you actually read the any kind of news and you start digging through each story, you can actually put the actual story together, but you have to read at least five different news stories to get all the actual information. Yeah. So, and, but that's how I wonder, like, okay, without the media and such, like, how does the information get out there? And, and I mean, I guess that's why I really preferred watching the live streams of the, the protests and the riots, because you got to see it point blank what was going on, not someone's retelling of it later. And, like, recently I'm more frustrated now because we, we don't get that live coverage anymore because it's not a hot issue. It, things are calming down. And then people just kind of give a summary of it afterwards in however, you know, in their own biased words. We all have biases. But like with a straight live stream, people can see for themselves what's happening and be able to determine what they think as opposed to, you know, reading someone's opinion about it. I don't know if... Oh. Hold on. One more thing. Mm -hmm. I don't know if this if this is just going to be one of these you know pop-up moments during this covid pandemic where okay now it's our chance to change the narrative into something else but covid's still going on and oh, yeah. um this may be like all the others where you know it starts to die down and we start to move away from it we start to you know hang our flags to the fourth and stuff like that I really hope that it doesn't. I really hope that somehow BLM is able to maintain their hold on this story. Josh. Yeah, you're, you're right. 
Josh, you are the both the whitest person I know, and yet somehow the person with the closest finger to the pulse of the black community that I have in you know this community of friends we have. Where are you standing on this issue? Um, I have uh, a lot of mixed feelings about it, and okay. by mixed, I mean, um, on one hand, I want to just outright say the that all cops are bastards, you know, the ACAB thing that's going on. Right, right. But I also have a few acquaintances and friends that are police officers, and I know without a doubt that they're not racist. Um, what happens to be an African-American gentleman? So I feel like there's some uh, conflict of interest there. Um, I haven't spoken to him, so I don't know how he feels about everything. But um, personally speaking, I haven't had any or much issue with police. Um, and I know uh, white privilege has come up a lot and in my younger days. Mike, I think you remember this. I used to, you know, have a gnarly beard and super long hair like you do. Um, and I don't know if this is a, if you share similar um, experiences, but uh, especially when I was younger, if I went to a store, you know, I'd be followed around by security. And uh, every time I left, like Best Buy, for example, even though I went every week to spend money on DVDs or video games, I would... Uh, I'd be stopped at the door and, you know, they check my bags and whatnot. Um, so I was like, man, this, this sucks. This is what, you know, black people must feel like. Um, and then when, you know, when I was younger, when people said you have white privilege, I was like, I don't have white privilege because I get, you know, stopped all the time for shoplifting and um, I get pulled over every once in a while, et cetera, et cetera. But then I decided to donate my hair and I cut it, you know, to a more manageable length or shorter length. And, all that stopped immediately. Um, so it kind of, I mean, my struggles are obviously completely different because, you know, I could cut my hair, shave my beard, whatever, but, um, can't stop being it's black. just, you can't stop being black. And, um, and as a, a lover of history, you know, um, I, I, I kind of have a, a little bit of hope because a lot of this, uh, the um, the U.S.'s racist past is kind of coming into light, you know, because um, when I was in high school, it was pretty common for everyone to be like, okay, slavery ended, and that was the end of racism. Everyone is happy now. Um, but, you know, that's obviously not true. Uh, and all this stuff's coming out um, that, you know, people even like as recent as Bill Clinton – uh, with the crime bill that he did, you know, it's, uh, pretty much, you know, legally made it, I'm trying to choose my words carefully. Sorry. I, I don't want to just say like slavery is still around, but if you, you have, if anyone you have racial profiling and you have mandatory minimums yeah. and you had that whole push to put way more cops on the street to handle all problems when that's not yeah. really what the cops were meant to do. And a lot of that happened under the Clinton administration and they touted it as mm -hmm. a big thing, but this, this whole situation is definitely putting Clinton's legacy into a different light now. Right. And, and uh, one thing that I've started to read up on, which I haven't before, but uh, just kind of started to based off of uh, people that I know that have been mentioning it, but the prison industrial or industrial complex yeah. is friggin' nuts. Like they have quotas for people to be in prison. Like they want X amount of people to be in prison in order to get federal and state funding. Um, and prisoners are expected to work for free essentially, which is yeah. technically legal under the constitution because the well, slavery is, yep. Nope, slavery is illegal, but you can actually be in slavery if you are in prison, according to the Constitution. So Currently. I would expect I think that's yeah. one of those issues that I've heard a few times recently, uh, you know, and the the outcry about that is building. I would not be surprised if, you know, say Democrats take over all all branches of government uh, coming up, if that's one of those things that gets changed at some point. Yeah, it, it, it does yeah. feel like we're on a. um a precipice for change, I guess is a way to put it. Not just for, you know, the prison industrial complex and like maybe making things better for all races moving on, hopefully. 
with a few bills and so forth. Also with the idea of like, I know that they call abolish the police or defund the police. And it, what it really is, is change the concept of what the police are going to be expected to do. Like their job should be investigating crimes. Their job should not be dealing with domestic disturbances and trying to placate various problems uh, that social social workers should be doing. If you want that, you don't hire military people to be the police. You hire social workers to do the job instead. So that's that's kind of what the whole yeah. fund the police thing is about. And there's there's brewing about uh, like changing federal standards for that as well. And I'm cool with uh, defunding the police. It's like I think there should be a police force to help protect the people and whatnot from criminals. But I think that the militarization of the police is a huge issue. And also, I can't remember when it is. And I was trying to, and I was trying to find it on the computer, but I can't readily find find it. But there was a, I can't remember if it was the FBI or CIA or Homeland Security that had a memo about uh, white nationalists infiltrating the police, specifically neo-Nazis and the KKK, um, which I assume is a bad thing, right? Like, <laughs> Yeah, like, probably. But um, it's just, it's kind of a sad time. And the unfortunate side effect of the Black Lives Matter movement um, is that it just makes, well, Sorry, it's not a side effect of the movement. It's a side effect of the administration yes. because it emboldens all these races. Like, because uh, as you know, Josette's Asian. Um, she doesn't look super Asian. A lot of people think she's Hispanic, um, which is just mind-boggling. But um, after the the protests and stuff, there's been two or three instances where you know people have been outright racist towards her at like Kroger, or Target. Um, so it's just. Like, it's kind of weird, and it's kind of scary as far as, like, you know, I have two daughters who are mixed race at this point, but, you know, like, I'm hoping that the future is a little bit better for them. Uh, but, yeah, well, we'll see. But in relation to the protest, you know, coronavirus is going to go freaking nuts. Oh, yeah. Oh, it absolutely so, is. And that's something yeah, I was going to... Talk, touch upon a moment, but there was one other thing that you kind of raised that I want to talk about just briefly as well, and that's the thing of, you know, it's the people that are like, oh, it's just a couple of bad apples in the police force, and missing the entire point of that statement of, you know, it's the couple of bad apples that ruin the entire bunch. You need to weed out those bad apples, because otherwise the entire police force is ruined. Yeah, yeah, and, like, and... I, I totally get Josh with the mixed feelings on it, too, because, like, I have a cousin who is a police officer, and, like, I've met some very good-natured cops, and I've met some pretty damn assholes. Like, I have a friend whose dad was a cop and was an abusive son of a bitch. So, mm -hmm. but, like, with the whole to defund the police, I think would be very helpful to both sides, because... As I've, I've told Mike here, it's like the police are responsible for so many things. They are basically the janitors of society. And no wonder why you get all these people. Because, I mean, you get the bad apples, yeah. Because, I mean, the type of job appeals to those bad apples. But you then you get yeah. the good people in there who want to do good, but then they get burned out. And I feel like there's a lot of people judging cops like putting them all in one barrel and I don't want to do that, but I'm not also, I'm also not going to try to silence black people and their pain involved in that. But like there are good apples in there who are just burned out and they do not have like the things they need to do their job. And they're just being asked for way too much because I, I feel like people who have not been in a circumstance in a job where you get that type of burnout where you're dealing with people and can see just mm -hmm. how easy it is to turn that line, I was there. It's scary. And That's it's so scary. easy to do. So easy, especially when there's there's no one there watching or you know you can fudge some documents. Well, yeah. let's, let's be honest here. I, I get slammed a lot for playing devil's advocate. Like, I understand the whole BLM movement. I get it. Um, but I also like to put out there, hey, I think this is why people don't like what 
is being said. Um, uh, Josh mentioned it earlier, the, the whole white privilege thing. Um, one thing, and I will say this, and I say this quite often, white people suck. Um, <laughs> I'm white, yeah. so I'm allowed to say that I suck. Yes. Um, white people suck. Um, those who created our country, I, I will honestly say I believe they suck. Their beliefs back then were very unorganized and um, definitely all about supremacy and power. So, but that aside, I think people who hear, who, who kind of, every time they hear white privilege, and I'm one of those uh, people, Josh, the same like you, it's like, I don't feel like I have white privilege. I'm white, but I think what it, what it actually is when people state it, um, is that they're saying, well, you're not black. You don't, you don't get the same kind of looks. You don't get the same kind of behaviors towards you when you're, because you're white. And that's really what the difference is. They're absolutely right. Because I'm white, because yeah. I'm a woman, I, I don't get treated like a black man. And I don't, when I walk out my door, I don't have to be afraid about being lynched most of the time. I mean, wicked. But <laughs> other than that, I mean, I, I, you know, I'm not black. And, and so I understand that from that point of view. Playing the yeah. devil's advocate, though, I also have no white supremacy going on here. Like, I'm white and I work for everything that I do, but I don't feel supreme in doing it. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't go out there and I don't, um, um, pick on other races. I don't, you know, I don't not hire people based on their race. I don't, um, give them less money because of their race. The job I hire for you're paid what you're paid. That's what anybody would be paid for that job. Um, does that make sense? Like, yeah, uh, well, we're, we're I think, America, we're not in any, we're not, we're not really in any place of power. So, I mean, personally, I think this, it's the 1%, you know, that are the bastards. Like, like if you look at it from like a socioeconomic way that, you know, like we're all kind of in a shitty position unless you make over, you know, what, 200 million a year or something. But I just exactly. pulled up a random number, but like, but with the, like, I feel like I have more privilege than the rest of you because my name's Josh Schaefer. I'm a tall ass white guy, you know, pasty ass. You know, there's I'm not anything special, but I'm a white male. You know, um, you know, you and Bex B are are women, so you don't have as much privilege as I do. Mike, uh, your last name probably hinders a little bit, so there's that too. So I like. I am in an interesting position there because, you know, I get to be white because yeah. I'm Jewish. Uh, so on the one hand, I get to, to see some aspects of the white privilege and see how that plays out. And yet at the same time, it's also the thing of, you know, in the back of my mind of sitting there going, well, if we were in Germany in the 1940s. Um, so it's <laughs> and I mean, there's the white supremacist groups and neo-Nazi groups here would hate me just the same, whether or not, you know, I'm in a particular era right there. So. It's it's an interesting way to be for me, but I definitely see the white privilege of things because, you know, most of the time I blend and no one even thinks anything else of it. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of times, too, uh, going back to what B was saying with the, the white privilege and, and the reactions to that is, like, everyone's getting an opportunity now to, like like try to stop and think okay why does this bother me like yeah i mean i grew up fucking poor as shit and wondering where food will come next you know it's but yet i was a cute little white girl you know people love you know helping out little white families it's and and it the the privilege is not just to say, oh, things are easy for white people. It just means they're easier based on racial bullshit. Yeah, it's um, not, it's yeah. not about lowering things for white people. It's about raising everyone else up. That's exactly, and and, yeah. and that's why you get the reactionaries to the all lives matter. Well, blue lives matter too. Like, okay, that's just a defensive you position do. you're taking. We're not saying they don't matter. Yeah, they well, do too. psychologically too, I think because most of the people that I've seen or noticed that have a, a larger issue with the Black Lives Movement or don't understand 
the difference between Black Lives Matter and All Lives Matter are like boomers and later, by and large. And psychologically speaking, I think that it's because you know the your entire life, their entire lives, um, they were pretty much told that white people are just better um, because. I can't remember the number or the year off the top of my head, but there's people that are still alive. Like my mother, who's 62, 63, was alive during a time in the United States when it was legal to racially discriminate against black people. I think it was 1964, 1965 when the civil rights law passed. Yeah, I think so. Um, so my my mom was probably 10 or 11 when that when that passed. But there's people that are older than her, um, obviously, that, you know, that's no. a part of their life where, <laughs> but but that's a part of her life and her, her upbringing where they were just told, well, you're better than this person because you're white. Now, my mom's not racist. Um, my grandmother was <laughs> super <laughs> racist, but, um, but it's... It's one of those weird things where these people are afraid of losing power that they don't actually have. They have the privilege, but by and large, they don't have any power, but they're afraid of losing their superiority. That's why you're seeing a resurgence of people who are like, don't mix races. And that's why, um, you know, even people who aren't or who would consider themselves not racist would are against uh, mixed races and um, because I have a, an acquaintance at work who um, was married to a black or is married to a black guy, and he or her parents hate it. They look be just because he's black. He's you know smart guy, and there's nothing I mean, there's nothing wrong with him. But it's just crazy to me how like these people are like, oh, you're diluting the white genes and blah 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 blah. But they don't consider that racist because. I don't know. I'm kind of going in circles, but well, there's there's this idea that um, okay, so you're going to listen to people who have the the who are accused of white privilege, okay, and they don't understand, and so that's why they say all lives matter and blue lives matter. But there's also that understanding of in order to make people equal, you have to lift everybody up to the highest base. So white people have to come down and all other races have to be moved up. There's no reason to actually step on anyone. There was a meme on Facebook that, um, you know, white people are, are scared of black people and black people are scared of white people. But the thing that only, that really changes everything, the establishment is scared of when they both basically shake hands. That's really what needs to happen. Everybody needs to stop blaming everything that happened back in the past and everybody needs to start moving forward and everybody needs to be made equal. The only way to do that is to change the current government situation and have them make changes that actually make sense to establish that everybody is equal. Stop treating men and women as they're different. Stop treating blacks and whites like they're different. Stop treating all other ethnicities, like they're different. Everybody has to be equal in order for it to change. And until that yeah. actually happens, you won't you won't have change. You're just going to have the argument. And yeah. white yeah, I agree with that. Like, argue with black people. Black people continue to blame white people. And there's no blame. It all you have to do is just start making the change. Stop stop blaming and start changing. That's really what it comes down to. Sorry, I'll step off my soapbox now. No, no, I mean, you're right. Because, well, I think a lot of the problem is, too, is, um, well, the education standpoint. But, like like you said, change the government. Change the laws. And I don't think a lot of people realize what they need to do in order to do that. They just vote for the president and hope for the best. And it's like, no, you, you can talk to all these public officials and and try to do something. And... But it's not something that's really widely taught. Right. And I mean, there's Google, but sometimes, and I, I find this with myself, sometimes you don't realize it's a thing you can do until someone's like, hey, you can do this. And you're like, what? Really? Well, there's also yeah. the, the thing of when you say you're going to elevate one group of people, 
everyone assumes that means you're going to do it by taking away from someone else. And we're not... It's The thought is not to take away from people in general. Uh, well, unless you're the upper 1%. And that's, that's who we need to be taking away from to balance it out for everyone else. Because this whole... The privilege that people feel and the, the issues with income disparity and everything else that fuels a lot of this also is the fact that the upper 1% dominate, like everything else and own so much that no one else can compete and you know you want to help balance things out a lot just start charging jeff bezos like 90 percent income tax again like we did back after world war ii not wrong so okay nope. he said you could do that so he was so, perfectly fine with it since mm -hmm. we since we raised this earlier let's move on to the coronavirus which uh, the country and the rest of the world is trying to treat it like it's no longer a problem and we can just start getting back to our lives. And that's fucking idiotic. Yeah, because they're like, oh, we've passed the first wave, but the new numbers are saying that we're still in the first wave and the first wave is just getting worse. But well, and I think... It's, it's not a curve, though. They keep talking about like it's a wave and the whole point problem is the fact that if you know anything about waves, they come back. That's how waves work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and yeah, like with the, just uh, like in the middle seg point here, segue point, I don't know, um, between like the protests and the coronavirus, how like the protesters are getting a lot of shit by people, you know, there's pretty much the same people who are like, oh, the coronavirus is fake, um, are bitching about the protesters spreading the coronavirus. And it's like, okay, this just shows you how severe this issue is that people are willing to, out in a pandemic, you know, be out there doing it. It, it sucks. It, it just sucks. But, like, onto the COVID, the numbers are, at least in Indiana, slowly starting to maybe go down with new positive cases, but it is nowhere, it is nowhere near where it should be for us to be re reopening. And that will likely spike again in a week or so when the coronavirus uh, spreads from the people who had the pandemic, uh, who are out for the um, protests. And of course, then you're getting people that are going to beaches and lakes and are going to have Fourth of July celebrations because they're stupid. It's all going to spike again before too long. Yeah, yeah. I have a coworker that's going up to Michigan, probably, probably for some little vacation. I'm like, are are you fucking serious? <laughs> Clearly she is. She yes. is very serious at that point. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah. I so think... basically the message is remain safe, everyone. Continue to wear your PPE and um, still take coronavirus seriously just because it's not in the news as much as it was because the narrative has been changed to riot, to uh, presidency and primaries because that all happened within the last few weeks as well. Um, corona is still a very serious threat. It is. Yeah. So, speaking of, because the coronavirus is still a threat right now, there's not a lot of nerd news to talk about in the nerdy sense, but we did get the announcement recently that both the new film from Nolan, uh, Tenant, has been postponed by at least a couple weeks, and Wonder Woman has been postponed all the way from August back to October because of the coronavirus and worries over theaters and how many people they can fit in and everything else. Uh, AMC has come out and said that they're not even certain they can weather this and they may just collapse altogether. Which is leading me to think that the entire idea of the movie industry at this point is just going to completely change. Oh yeah, I bet you we're going to see more home, home release type stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, every, every studio at this point has some uh, streaming service they can go through. Disney and Disney Plus, Universal with both. I think they have like two different streaming services, but their key one is Peacock. Paramount has CBS that they can work through with the CBS Online, whatever it's called, whose name I no longer can remember because who uses the CBS one. Um, and if you don't have any of those, you can still go through Netflix and Netflix will pay you a boodle of money for it. So it's the thing of what do the movie theater... like? I, Josh, I know you and I had this conversation years ago, but it's a thing of when you have a really nice TV, you have your own speaker system, you have a good internet connection, which not everyone does, that is fair, but what does the movie theater experience really provide at this point that you don't get better at home, not having to be around people, not having to pay $10 for a bucket of popcorn? 
What is there that's the lure at this point besides the fact that movies came out first in movie theaters and now they're probably going to stop doing that? Yeah, I honestly, like, with the way, like, uh, audio technology and TV technology is right now, I don't really, unless you're seeing a 3D or IMAX film, it's not really much difference. Like, I'm more comfortable watching a movie on my couch than I am at the movie theater. Well, I'll be frank. There's the fact that the the IMAX experience I don't even think is all that great. You get a big enough TV and you're like, woo, at-home IMAX! Who really gives a crap about it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, um, the Artemis Fowl is coming out on Disney Plus for anybody who cares. And um, is, is, some, there, uh, is there anyone here that cares? I don't know. I don't. Well, we are, five of our, our listeners might care. <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah, the entire Marvel series has been pushed back as well. Well, yeah. I mean. That's just that they want the movie theater experience right now because I'm sure they don't make anywhere near as much money on Disney Plus as they would in a theater. And if they can release it in a theater and then put it out on Disney Plus for sale afterwards, that's at least some money recouped in that respect. But Marvel Marvel is in a precarious place right now because their movies cost like upwards of 200, 250 million to make. They have to release out in the movie theater and make a billion dollars for the movie to actually be financially viable. Right. Yeah. So they may have to start looking at smaller releases right now if they're going to go with Disney Plus as their primary venue at some point. I think Marvel in the future is going to look very different. I think we're going to... I kind of like this, but the the major studios are failing because I think we're going to go back into kind of like an indie film period, kind of like what we saw in the late 80s, early 90s. And we're going to maybe put a kibosh on this big blockbuster crap. I mean, I don't mind big blockbusters, but it's got to be big blockbusters with souls. And I think exactly Marvel has started to lose its soul. Like the, the, the mm-hmm. characters you care about sometimes still crop up. I like the first Spider-Man and that's a more recent release, but it feels like a lot of their recent movies have been kind of soulless. Yeah. Like I feel like they just, found that formula and are just pushing like uh control z control v <laughs> over and over again copy paste yeah. copy paste change find and replace the so, names yeah, yeah. but which is which is fine i still enjoy most of them but um i'm i'm really interested to see what this does for indie film mm-hmm. uh just because i think people aren't going to be willing to spend you know million on a movie anymore Um, because if we do go to digital, yeah, Yeah. if we go to digital streaming um, over Amazon or what have you, uh, you know, like if I go to see a movie now, like Catherine wanted to go see Trolls World Tour, but if we went to see that, that's probably a good 60 bucks right there. Or I can just rent it from Amazon for, I think it was like 15 bucks. Yeah. When it first came out on the Universal Streaming Service, it was 20 I think. And they touted that it made $100 million its first week it was out, which is good money, but that's not Marvel yeah. money. And no. that's the risk they run with this right now. But at the same time, if Marvel is willing to commit to doing smaller movies for like $50, $60 million, uh, that they can release, I think certain like superheroes and so forth would benefit from that. Certainly, it'd be nice to for them to do that and start putting out like Deadpool movies on Hulu that don't necessarily have to tie in. And I think Blade is a character they've bandied about bringing back. Uh, and I would love to see Blade the Vampire Hunter like on a $60 million production budget released to Netflix or Hulu. I think that would be fantastic. I'd watch it. Hell yeah. But I think we're also going to see a lot more movies come through the Netflix Netflix studios yeah uh, because they didn't i don't want to say they saw the pandemic coming but their business their current business model definitely designed for it oh yeah. yeah yeah so i i want to be surprised if you see other movie studios kind of replicating the netflix method or netflix purchasing a couple of bigger studios like maybe yeah. i don't know is columbia picture still they're probably Sony. Sony. Okay. But Sony is barely Sony at this point anyway, so yeah. 
wouldn't be surprised to see portions of Sony get sold off at some point. But it does, you, you mentioned the streaming services, and it does raise an interesting thing about what the hell is Warner doing, well, Warner AT&T, doing with HBO. <laughs> HBO Go, HBO Max, HBO Now, which is now going to become no more HBO Go, but there will still be HBO something, and then one of the other ones is going to just be named HBO... <laughs> And who knows who gets what from what or how and what the licensing works with those things or, oh my god, I'm so confused. I just don't want any of them now. Yeah, it's, I think uh, John Oliver said it the best, and I think it was two weeks ago, yeah. when uh, he said, I don't know what HBO Max is, and I'm on it. So, like, <laughs> yeah. Well, like, that's, that's kind of how I feel about HBO Max. Oh my right god, now. yeah. And they're going to have the Snyder Cut of Justice League, which, yawn. <laughs> what the world never asked for. Well, I guess there was like that one petition, but well, and now now every fanboy feels entitled to ask for the the director's cut of their lowly movie. Like they're already starting to talk about doing the 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 director's cut of Suicide Squad, which is not a movie that was worthy of having a director's cut. It wasn't a wor movie worthy of being made. <laughs> uh, there were like five minutes of good moments in that, and a lot of garbage. Yeah, Harley Quinn was about the only mm -hmm. saving grace in the entire thing. And then she got her own movie, and everyone was happy mm -hmm. that watched the movie. And Will Smith didn't do a bad job as uh, Deadshot. I thought oh. his was okay, but Will he Smith, kind of seemed phoned in a Will little Smith bit. Will Smith didn't do a bad job of playing Will Smith in a character named Deadshot. <laughs> <laughs> Let's yes. be honest about this. Sometimes that actor can invest in real roles, and sometimes he just plays himself and takes a paycheck. And that was much more of a paycheck role. But he's very good at taking a paycheck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wild Wild West is a terrible movie, but you can't complain about the performance Will Smith gave in it. Oh, no. I love Will Smith in that movie. <laughs> it's a garbage movie. It is a garbage movie, but I love Will Smith in that movie. <laughs> Kevin, was it Kevin Klein? Was yes, he, uh... Kevin Klein. Yeah, yeah he... Yeah, he did a good job, too, I thought. Yeah, yeah. Not Will Smith good, but... No. Well, well that movie was a piece of shit, but <laughs> it is worth watching because of Will Smith. And yeah. even some of Kevin Klein's performance is pretty damn good. It's a piece of shit movie. Now available on yes. HBO Max, whether or not you have it or want it. <laughs> I don't even know how to get HBO Max, and I haven't had any desire to Google it to find out. And you out. have HBO Go! Shouldn't you just automatically get it because you pay for HBO? Like... What the hell is this? Oh, I, at first I thought you were saying that's how it works. So I was like, I don't know, Disney. It's a way for cable to rape you of the rest of the money that you're not spending because of COVID. <laughs> mm. uh, so, well, I lost 10% of my income, so <laughs> HBO ain't getting it. Yeah, yeah, that, that your COVID did actually affect you. <laughs> yeah, so. Oh, well. We're sorry, Josh. Got it's any okay. other... We got any other news bits? Yes. Uh, One more. There's a scientific. I don't know what Josh was about to talk about. I bet it's not a parasite named uh, Pinagaya. Mm -mm. Just saying. New parasite found that doesn't eat oxygen. Yeah, it just lives on yeah, its own. Yeah. This is right next to those murder wasps, man. That's, yeah. Yeah. This is bad. That, I did not have this on my 2020 bingo card. <laughs> Well, it's 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 a parasite that's not necessarily going to kill you. It just lives without oxygen. So who knows what kind of terrible things are in our future, Josh? Oh my gosh, Josh is on I, our future. I don't want to know. <laughs> no, no, no. You said you had new news. I know, I know. Uh, I'm yeah. being funny. Mine's mine's kind of sad, and I and this is for the comic book fanboys, specifically oh. the DC ones. But Danny O'Neill passed away. At, I think he was 81 yesterday. So he, he was a Batman and Green Lantern like producer wasn't mm -hmm. he yeah. yeah he wrote a and he also i found out this yesterday um because of my boy greg at work but he also <laughs> wrote true. one of the most controversial but greg he doesn't <laughs> listen to this but he wrote the uh one of the most controversial wonder woman stories too um in the 60s and 70s he depowered wonder woman and i guess caught a bunch of flack from feminists i was I was going to joke that it was the Pantsuit Wonder Woman era, and apparently it was the Pantsuit Wonder Woman yeah. era. <laughs> yep. Hey, a good pantsuit can do wonders for a woman who has well, it was. Powers. It was the 70s, let's be honest. It was a leisure suit, so. 
Yeah. Mm, yeah. Not so much. <laughs> um, who's a, who's a Star Wars fan? I am. Uh... What? I think Becky might like it a little bit. Just just a little bit. Um, Clone Wars is expanding episode 11. Should anybody care about that? So yeah, Mike, we gotta get back on to watching that, I guess. Okay. <laughs> what you should watch instead is Avatar The Last Airbender because I finally started watching it after 10 to 12 years worth of Josette pestering me. Same! And Just it same! Is Josette so good. 12 years, Becky? Okay, well, no, but... I've I've been pestering myself for past twelve years and just finally gave but him. But the first oh. two episodes are garbage. But well, they're not garbage. They just I didn't like them and I couldn't okay. get into it. But it's oh. so good. Nope. How far in are you? Uh, second season. They just met the Earth King. Oh, I'm I'm You're pretty much yeah. Yes. They're, they're the same part. Yes, they just got into Bossing Say, and the the creepy ladies giving them a tour or whatever. I'm right after that, a little bit after that. Oh my gosh, I'm so gonna catch up to you. This is great. How do you? Okay, okay, okay. I'm gonna nerd out. Uh, B got to already hear my my spiel on this, and I'm sure you might have seen my Facebook. Toph, (laughs) what do you think of Toph? I love Toph. I hate her so much. She's such a bitch, and I love her. I hate that she's a bitch. I'm like, she warms. She's starting to warm up a little bit. At first, I thought she was annoying, but I think she adds an interesting group dynamic. Yeah, but... I just, I just, I'm like, they're, I'm waiting for those redeeming qualities to make her feel better for me. But I'm yeah, not she... sure. I think she actually does. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but she does have a, she does have a growth moment. Okay. In yeah. Because so far, yeah, all I've she's... seen was she, like, Katara's all like, oh, you should give Aang some positive reinforcement, and she kind of did a little tiny bit of that. I'm like, oh, okay, yes, more of that, please. Yeah, she's, where I'm at right now is she's starting to let her humanity show more, so. That's, but... that's good. I just like how she she just smacks people down verbally, or like the uh, the subtle things where it's like I can hang up. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this part yet, so I'm not going to ruin it to, for you. But there, there's a they put up posters in Bossing Say, and there's some funny lines with that. Oh, so. okay. Because I don't know, like every time she talks, I hate it. It's it's like I like the verbal smackdowns, but not when it's every single thing she says that gets yeah. old for me. Like um, in my. In my head, she's just opposite of Aang, so because Aang's you know the cheery optimist, and she's just the the yeah. crushed, tortured she's soul. Down to Earth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yep. Yeah, and and that's the thing too. Like I I generally like grouchy, gruff characters, but we love not. You too, Bex. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but it, with the way that she's portrayed so far, it's just got me. And who knows? Maybe I was just in a mood. So I'm, I'm still trying to give yeah. her chances. <laughs> but who's she's... your favorite character? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My favorite character. I really like. Yes. I, I do like the. I do like that. Uh, Appa. Appa. But I really like. Uh, Uncle Iroh is really cool. Yes. He's I fantastic. love him. Yeah. Um, uh, Suki is pretty cool. I like the badass warrior women people. Yes. That was going to yeah. be one of mine. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you've seen him yet, but there's, uh, I can't remember his, his name, but he's like this uh, guru dude that Aang, run, or Aang runs into. Mm. Um. You'll see him in a little bit. You're very close, but he's okay. he's pretty cool. Nice. Okay, are we done? Are we done nerding out? Sure, no, because I well, totally zoned out. No. Okay, no. just a few more things. A few more. Oh, God, no. Things. Yes. Uh, Disney Disney is reopening July 11th. Disney. Um, oh yeah. World, for those people who care, and. Yes. Uh, they are going to, they're being petitioned right now to rename Splash Mountain. And we had talked about this slightly earlier that um, if they do rename it, since there is hardly any Tangled at that park, they should rename it based on Tangled. Well, why would they rename Splash Mountain? Yeah, because of the aqueduct scene. Yeah. 
that they're going to rename, they want to rename, or people want them to rename Splash Mountain because Splash Mountain is themed after Song of the South. Song of the oh, South. Oh, is it? Yeah. I didn't know yep. that. Yep, you yeah. go through it, and it's all like zippity-doo-dah, zippity-day, and I'm like, oh, man. Which, I mean, most kids aren't going to know what the hell that is at this point. Because oh, I don't yeah, even no. Think, I don't even think the song itself shows up on any of the song compilations or anything they do anymore. It it's just this no, random... It oh, it, it does. Yeah. It does. Yep. Catherine actually had to sing that for a uh, a concert wow, in sec or in first grade. That's sure. Yeah, when they started singing it, Josette and I kind of looked at each each other and we're just like it's greenwood i guess <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's so funny. inappropriate okay that's funny but yeah I, I i like the rapunzel pitch yeah that, like that would be lot. great i like that a lot and then do like a tower of terror thing with her like her tower right there right yeah <laughs> it'd be great <laughs> okay no. that's, all the, that's all the news i have okay okay Anyone else? Or are we good? No, no. I mean, Animal Crossing. It, yes, it's still hitting, a thing. It's still a thing. Hitting a lull. Do we know if there are switches available? So, yeah. Um, our Switch started doing that stupid uh, controller drift thing. Oh, oh yeah. no. Um, and Nintendo won't look at it for another five to six months because of COVID-19. Okay. Um. So we bought Catherine a Switch Lite. Okay. And uh, it reset all of our Animal Crossing things because well, yeah. you can't transfer accounts for. Yeah. Well, you can't trans transfer the save file. So yeah. that was fun. Oh. So she yeah. just started over. Why didn't you just buy one of the Pro controllers? She she likes to use it as a handheld, not as a. I mean, you could just um, set it on a table and then play with a Pro controller. We, we tried that and she didn't she likes to like lay on her bed and play it like right. a game boy so all right oh and he just didn't want to just buy a couple of new the the little stick on controllers we tried and it still had the issue That's um nintendo stupid. thinks it's a part of the, the, the yeah so Ugh. but okay. well apparently target has nintendo switch with mm -hmm. gray joy con available that, that's the one we we got so oh the not i thought you said you got a light oh it's yeah it, it was a light i thought you okay. had a yeah no this is like actual console oh, is available uh, wow i don't know how i'm too oh, poor to wait. pay attention okay this is bullshit it says it's temporarily out of stock after i click on it on the page before where it says, says other things are out of stock, but it says, oh, it's in stock here. So, so if you need a Switch Lite, just talk to Josh, because apparently he knows how to get them. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, we just we just got it from uh, Target. Josette went to Target and was like, I would like this one, please. And they were like, here you go, madam. Nice. Okay, well, I think we're good on this newscast at this point, since this one went very long. Yeah. Yeah, so... Oh, this has been Not So Live from Asteroid G. I'm Mike Finkelstein. I'm Josh Schaefer. I'm Queen Bee. And I'm Sprockets. And we will see you next time.